Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on another episode of the Greg Rich Ministries podcast. And I'm so excited today. We have a very special guest. We have Taylor Jenkins, who is the founder, along with his wife, Carissa, of Word and Spirit. And Taylor, thank you so much for joining us today. Seriously, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm really excited and, uh, uh, you know, getting to talk just a minute with you before. I'm, I'm really pumped. And Taylor's being modest there because before we talked or before we started recording, we had like a 25 minute conversation. So <laughs> when yeah. you get two people that are passionate about the things of God, thing, the conversation doesn't stop. So Taylor, thank you so much for giving me more time than you probably planned. But I, I'm so excited for what Word and Spirit is doing. You guys, I, I just have to give you a compliment here. You're doing some amazing Zoom workshops. And not only that, but your social media game is just no. on point, man. Like you guys are just crushing it. And you're not only posting clips of things that are happening in your Zoom workshops, but you're posting uh, clips from different revivalists and different movements that happened in God. And so I'm just thankful because I'm following you just to see more and more of that. So thank you so much. No, seriously, thank you. And it was so crazy. You know, we, we were just sitting around talking about kind of the content we wanted to push and, and kind of what we're doing uh, between some different people that have volunteered to be a part and that just kind of clicked in. And cause you know, all of us had these screen recordings on our phones because yeah. we're so hungry for these things, like the move of the spirit and the touch of the supernatural. And so we got to all, we started sending them all to each other. And the next thing, you know, you know, it kind of stirred up this like little vault of all these cool moments in God that have been experienced over the years. So it's, that was really fun. Man, and so what you guys are doing, you I, and I want to get I want to get into the heart of why you're doing what you're doing. But just to let people know, uh, it's it seems to be like every week or every other week or once a month. I'm not sure you can maybe go into the the timeline of it, but you've had several different Zoom workshops, which is just a different level because what's happening is you're having these live Zoom sessions with these amazing speakers who don't only just have things to talk about on the the topics that you're discussing but they've lived it out. They've demonstrated it in real life. And they're also demonstrating it on the, the Zoom workshop. So I believe the first one that you had was uh, living life in the miraculous. Yeah. And you not only were talking and discussing things about moves of the spirit and operating in the gifts of the spirit, but you actually had demonstrations happening during the workshops, which to me is just amazing because we don't always see that all the time. People being free to do that outside of like a, a set, you know, here's a miracle service or here's a gift of the spirit service, but no, like we're able to actually walk in this stuff on an everyday basis. Yeah, I know a hundred percent. And, um, you know, we had our friends, Luke and Megan on Yeah. Uh, when, you know, what's cool about the, the zoom workshops is really, we're really wanting to prop kind of like what you guys are doing, prop up some people uh, that are really pushing in, into something special in their own context and yeah. as they're pushing into that, they're seeing God break through uh, in just different ways. And so when you kind of um, go about these different topics that we've been you know, really trying to hone in on, uh, we're seeing some amazing things break out and really this hunger developing amongst the people that are that are attending. And, and then, like you said, you know, we're opening up at the end for for God to actually come in. Yeah. And, uh, you know, usually these kind of environments, if you're you know on the other side of a screen or it can feel a little stale, uh, but really we just invite the Holy Spirit to come hmm. and he does. And it's just been amazing to see. And uh, it's it's really cool. I'm sure we'll get to talk a little bit more about all those. But 
Yeah, man. And I've enjoyed being there. I was actually a part of the second one that you guys did, which was healing ministry. And it was specifically talking even more so about being confident in what we carry and being able to demonstrate that and actually believe that when I lay hands on the sick, that I'm actually going to see it. And it's not a question of if, but it's going to happen. And so, you know, the, I know you guys prayed afterwards for people, and I'm sure there's amazing testimonies from that. But what I wanted to get into just to kind of start off is word and spirit. Where did this inspiration come from? What drove you guys to start this ministry? Yeah. So, uh, you know, as I answer that, I do want to say thanks to my wife who is with our yes. three kids in the other room right now. So <laughs> uh, if you do hear uh, some noises, that's normal. Uh, if you have kids, you know, that's normal, but uh, don't be alarmed. If you hear some screaming, that is, and, and you have uh, twins. So you have twins. man. <laughs> yeah. So uh, our life is interesting and, and yeah. really the timing of all of this is, is <laughs> it's wild. So, uh, but yeah, so speaking of my wife, um, really that we talked about it in, from the beginning, the idea of word and spirit has always been there. And we were recently, uh, we relocated our lives to uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee here. We were uh, out in Tulsa. We graduated from Rama and, and we were able to be a part of a young adult ministry there where we got to kind of lead and, and we saw God do some amazing things and, and a lot of just uh, demonstration of the spirit and the Holy Spirit, you know, begin to work in people's lives, young people, like young adults. Yeah. And so um, as we, you know, moved out here, God just really kind of put us at a rest, but what was interesting, that was right before COVID. And I know that there was a whole shift, I think in, in a lot of spaces um, when that hit. And so we just kind of sought God and through that time, he began to give us vision for things out front, uh, but nothing pertaining to right now um, until probably I want to say four to five months ago, we've been here for almost two years. So you can imagine there's vision for the future. There's expectation, but then God began to completely just give us a vision. And, you know, people say a download, but really at once he just dropped this whole thing on our plate. And it was almost like, um, you know, you couldn't even type fast enough. You're just over here writing these things down and, and I'm coming back and I'm sharing with Carissa and she's like, Oh my gosh, that's it. And so we were talking in, in word and spirit has always been there. Uh, and that terminology yeah. actually comes uh, from a prophecy from 1947 uh, with Smith Wigglesworth. He actually prophesied um, to, I think he shared it with Lester Sumrall. And in the, the word he, this was, you know, back, he, I think he died in the twenties. Um, but he actually spoke and prophesied concerning several moves, even, you know, the word of faith or the teaching, some people call it the teaching revival. He prophesied several moves. He even down to the, the healing revival in the forties, where he said, I see people in, in large open field type gatherings and, and that there would be healings breaking out and, and then the charismatic renewal, and there would be a, a freshness of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So he's prophesying all of these moves of God. And then he goes on to say, and actually I brought it because I wanted to read it. Um, he says this, he said, when the word, uh, he said, there's going to be a new church phase uh, on the wane. Now this is, again, this is after several different moves. And yeah. he said, there will be evidences in the church is something that has not been seen before. He said, a coming together of those with an emphasis on the word and with an emphasis on the spirit. He said this, 
when the word and the spirit come together, there will be the biggest movement of the Holy Spirit that the nation, you're talking about the UK at the time, and indeed the world has ever seen. It will mark the beginning of a revival that will eclipse anything that has been witnessed within these shores. Uh, He said, even the Wesleyan and the Welsh revivals of former years, the outpouring of God's spirit will flow over the UK to the mainlands of Europe and from their beginning a missionary move to the ends of the earth. And so that speaks to us in several layers. I mean, there's a lot in that, but what's interesting is he said the coming together of these two. Um, And if you look in different, you know, past revivals, I feel like there's so many moves of the spirit where God is relaying an aspect of maybe a different part of, of what he desires for his church, you know, yeah. the healing revival, you know, he begins to move and, and teach men how to function under the healing anointing. And that, that was a, a, an aspect of his heart. But then in, you know, the seventies and the eighties, he has this teaching revival where he's teaching people to utilize the faith they have yeah. to receive their own healing. And so over these different moves, God is conveying something very, very specific. And so I think he's really trying to take the best of two different worlds and bring them in together and that there's this explosiveness and the benefit, what he said there at the end, I love a missionary move. Let's go. I'm talking to so many friends. Yeah. God is raising up missionaries right now. I could tell you so many individuals who before never said a word about missions, but God is just giving them downloads and visions concerning their place in this mission move that I believe God wants to do. So that's kind of what word and spirit was kind of birthed out of was this word. And it's just always been our heart. I grew up in a, a huge word church, Cleveland Christian Fellowship here in uh, Cleveland, Tennessee, about 45 minutes away. And I mean, really an enriched culture of the word of God. Yeah. One of the best teaching pastors I've ever heard, uh, Mark Strickland. I mean, literally, absolutely blessed me um, growing up in that type of an environment. And then I started watching all these videos of Dad Hagen back, you know, in the nineties where, you know, whole rows of people are getting touched by the power of the Holy spirit. And they're just falling over into the floor. And and then to see what God was doing in those different environments, there was this hunger that just emerged for the move of the spirit. And so that's just always been our heart is these two different things, this stability that we get in the word of God, and then being in a strong foundation that, uh, you know, promotes faith and, and knowing your place in God and, and the authority of the believer. And then over here, walking in the fruit of the spirit and the gifts of the spirit uh, that bring about such fulfillment and joy and blessing in our lives. So I just, I, that's always been, I guess, a part of it. Man, I, I love it because I can hear the passion in your voice. This is not just something, this is not wishful thinking. God has put a vision in both you and Carissa's heart to reach the next generation and spark this next revival. And I believe that there's people that we don't ever hear about that are already beginning to say, you know what, we've had the word, we've had the spirit, let's bring the two together and let's step into what we're called to do. So, you know, I was looking at uh, reading a lot about what you guys are doing and you're talking about how you're kind of helping develop and and grow and even launch the next generation of revivalists. And so I want to ask you, how are you guys doing that? What's, what's the goal? What's the vision to do that? Yeah. So, um, you know, at first I kind of shied away from that vernacular because it seems so big. The idea that God wants to raise up revivalists and, you know, but nonetheless, God has always had a plan to use man to bring about expansion for his kingdom. He wants to use 
people. He wants to use a people to see his plans and his ways in the earth. And we can't get away from this idea uh, that God has something for each and every single one of us, right? That's something that keeps us waking up in the morning that keeps us excited. So I knew I, I, I really felt like I couldn't uh, at first kind of say next generation revivalist, cause it just seems so, I guess, bigger than what, you know, but I didn't really feel like church leader fit. Not that, you know, we're yeah. not, um, we don't, we need leadership. We need church leadership and structure and all these different things. Um, but I believe man was born for the divine life and for that divine life to flow through them. Yes. And so really the idea of being more than just someone who shows up, but that you're enlisted into the army of God, a co-heir with Christ, you carry about the same mission and agenda he had, that is the setup for a revivalist. That's what we all are. We're not all just called to get to church and to be great and do these, um, you know, just cutesy little things. God has power in store for his people. He said that those who believe they would lay hands on the sick. uh, They would speak with new tongues. They would see uh, blind eyes open and deaf ears begin to hear. And so what we're endeavoring to do, and, and we have several different things. I'm, I'm not just going to you know, get into the passion of it all. We're trying our best to create a space, yeah. okay, where people who they have that desire to see the supernatural and, and maybe they've even had schooling. Uh, they've been, you know, uh, maybe in seminary or ministry school, but yet they don't really have a space of people pushing into that together. Yep. Maybe they feel ostracized or they feel on the outskirts or maybe out doing the work. And, you know, I think anybody that does ministry knows how sometimes isolated you can feel. Yeah. So God began to move in our heart to create space for people that wanted the more. And then that, and, and I actually wrote it down on one of our guiding principles. Um, you know, we, we had several different things. We had, you know, healing ministry an emphasis of the gifts of the spirit and the demonstration yeah. of God's spirit. But one of the ones that uh, the Lord spoke to me and I love the way he said it was curiosity for revival. Mm. So a lot of what we're pushing into as far as topics are not just um, they're really geared towards the more the revival, yeah. the, the push for, to see the hand of God work and move in our midst. You know, our first one we ever did was life in the miraculous. We've done healing ministry. Uh, we just did youth awakening, uh, yeah. where we interviewed you know, youth leaders and pastors on how they're stoking the flame and just putting a flame on the inside of their students, not just hurting, you know, students from, you know, one, you know, grade of school to the next, but how yeah. are you actually bringing about a revival spirit that wants to, to go with them into their schools and their universities when they go on that actually establish them in the things of God, not just, you know, get them from point A to point B, but how are you actually igniting something that can grow and, and really, you know, see them go into their full potential. So we started doing these zoom workshops for that. We wanted to create a space that people could come and they could hear from people who are pushing into the more, and then also be sparked to, to maybe be a little bit curious for the more. (laughs) And so that was our first layer there. Uh, And then something else that we really had in our heart to do was have um, what we're calling word and spirit nights. And this is where, and um, you can ask me some different questions about that if you'd like, but 
what we're going to be doing is we want to go into uh, churches that maybe they feel like in their congregation, there might be a disconnect of young people. Now, I'm not just talking youth. Yeah. Uh, in I'm talking really that college and career age people, you know, the statistics lead that a lot of those individuals fall off and completely, yeah. you know, move away from the faith. And so it's been our heart to see that um, encounter is what's going to spark them into a devoted relationship to Jesus Christ. We yeah. see that is so biblical. Paul, divine encounter. Peter saw just a tremendous amount of revival. And in the midst of him being a more, you know, flighty or more, you know, emotionally driven person, uh, you know, even, you know, leading up to the death of Jesus. And then boom, immediately the head of the church giving the declaration on the day yeah. of that leads the first altar call in the church, right? So you see this encounter creates space for solid foundational devotion in God. And so what we want to do with these word and spirit nights is we want to come in with full expectation of impartation that yeah. God wants to ignite a, a, just a heart and a curiosity for revival in the young people of your church. And then from there, point them to the service, get them in touch with the people in their community that are young people. And let's see this thing begin to grow and begin to flourish. And that maybe if God were to come in and touch them in a, in a powerful way, it would ignite them to want to be more engaged in what God is doing in their community and in their city and in their church. And then they could invite other people into this encounter. So we're doing that on a, a platform where we come in on a Friday. We want to do Friday and then Saturday meetings so we don't take away from people's church you know, yeah. service that we could push them to the church service. You know, they asked, what do we do from here? You know, when you come into an encounter, there's this simple question of like, everything's changed. I don't know what to do. Boom, you push them right into Sunday morning and they get to, to come into the household of God yeah. and the new fresh fire and a spark. And then really... I believe, I believe what God wants to do in young people is going to then begin to rekindle the flame in the former generations that know the move of the spirit, that know the power of God, but yet maybe through, you know, the circumstances of life or the things going on around them, maybe, maybe that would begin to spark them to, to seek them more. Man, I, I love hearing that. And one thing that, you know, even as you were talking, I love what you guys were talking about with the Word and Spirit nights where you do Friday night, you do Saturday morning or do some sessions and then you go into Sunday. Because what does that mean? That means I'm not going into Sunday service depleted. I'm not right. an empty vessel just like, okay, I'm just coming here to get my weekly fix or to fill me up to try to get me through and then Monday hits and now I'm trying again. No, I, I truly believe that church is us coming up filled with the spirit of God already, already have been in the word already experiencing God. And when I come to church, I'm not here to receive as much as I am to give. And yeah. I think that, you know, when I was in mission school there at Rama, there was this crazy Mongolian church movement, right? And so they had all these house churches that were built up and they'd have house churches of five to 10 people. And they were seeing tremendous results. They were seeing people, you know, getting uh, healed, getting set free, being filled with the spirit, going out in the streets, doing the works of Jesus. And then they decided, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to combine all these churches together and we're going to have one church building. And when they did that, what they found though, and this is the thing is they found that when people came into that bigger 
bigger building, they start getting a little disconnected and they stopped pouring out the same way that they were in these smaller churches. And so I think that, that whenever we're in these small settings, sometimes it's so easy to get ignited and we're going at it. And then we get into a bigger setting and, and you know it as well. There's so many big churches here in Tulsa and you can get into a space where there's a large congregation. And I'm like, I'm trying to find my, my spot. And then I just become a participant. But I think the revival comes whenever we're saying, you know what? I may not have a position as or a title, but I'm coming as a child of God into this church service. And even if somebody I encounter in the church, I'm going to be a source of life. And it, it reminded me, of, and I think the revival comes to whenever we're not the woman at the well going and, and trying to draw from other people, trying to get, you know, pastor, please give me a word that's going to get me through this week. But it, Jesus said, if you drink this water, you're not going to thirst anymore. But in fact, you're going to become a fountain of living water. Right. So yeah. that means you're giving out. And so I think that that's whenever we actually get into this place of revival in our heart, we recognize we are the source now. I'm not yeah. an empty well trying to draw from and trying to fill myself up, but I'm actually giving out. And so you guys, I, I love what you're doing, especially with the nights and the, and the workshops as well. But for people who are wondering, like, I want, this sounds amazing. I want to get involved. I want to be inspired by these other people. I want to go for more. What's the best way for them to get involved with this community that you guys are, are building and developing? Yeah. So, you know, you can go to our website at wordandspiritglobal.com. We actually, we have a tab. Um, it, it's nights and you can kind of hear a little bit more about it. I go into more detail and really the goal was pre-programmed. You know, this is, we don't want to be, you know, doing something that requires a huge amount of you know work from you. Uh, yeah. And really the goal isn't to come into places that um, already have a pre-established, you know, young adult community, but really in places that have a heart um, for young people. Uh, and they feel like maybe um, a fresh spark or really a, a power encounter could really catapult them into having that generational, multi-generational presence within their yeah. church and their community. So yeah, you can go to our website and, or you can email us at admin at word and spirit global.com. And uh, pretty much we, we monitor that 24 uh, seven and, you know, pastors can reach out. If you want to get to know me a little bit too, uh, I'd love to connect, you know, jump on a FaceTime call uh, and different things like that. You know, part of what we're doing really relational. Um, my heart yeah. is really actually a lot of pastoring. Uh, and that's why I, you know, I think so many places, this is, uh, well, I guess we're just going to go for it here. There's so many it. movements out there that exist outside of the local church. And yeah. we don't want to be a movement that exists outside of the local church. Yeah. Because that's actually easier. But see, people that pastor churches, they know it's a lot of work. There's a lot that goes yeah. into this. This isn't just something that, you know, we want someone to come in that has no regard or passion for the local church, but just want to build their platform or their ministry. Like part of what we built into our guiding principles was that the heart of pastoral ministry would be in every aspect of the ministry. Mm. We don't, we're not really engaged in the idea of just spilling ideas and information into people's heads. We want to yeah. see people invested into what God is doing in the earth at every single level. That means the local church. And I even, you know, one of the people that I really follow and listen to, they were actually talking about uh, if you push into revival, um, for one, don't think you're going to get revival without a heart and a passion for the local church. 
This is not just about the demonstration and the manifestation. This is about the kingdom. And for whatever reason, God loves the assembling of ourselves together. And just like in the early church, what surrounded the power encounters, it was the gathering together, the breaking of bread, the prayers, the the, the dialoguing about the apostles teaching. I mean, there was this communal, this relational level. And I don't really think you can have a heart for revival without having a heart for people and a heart for uh, the encounter on a relational level. I think there's so much of a propping up right now of just words, but Paul said, I'm not coming to hear your words. I'm actually coming to see the power. I, I think we have to get away from this idea that we're preparing a global message and more mm. the 99 to the one ratio where really we're trying to get in on a heart level and the way of the kingdom really is low and slow. It's the, it started a little bit 11 in that lump and then boom, the next thing, you know, that's, that's what it's talking about with the kingdom. It says that the kingdom starts in a tiny seed form and then it expands. It doesn't, you know, develop this massive platform and then, you know, ostracize the people of God to only come and partake of knowledge. It's an, it's a full on relational encounter. There's the Konania, the fellowship, there's the, the stoking of each other, the sharpening, and that only exists in the local church. Man, And so that's really something that, you know, just to give you a little context too, if you're a pastor out there and you're interested, you know, we're not really looking to come in here just to promote what we're doing. We really have a heart to see God raise up young people in in influencing and being an influence in your community and pushing into that with the giftings and the talents and the amazing things, because believe it or not, the enemy's going to use those things. Yeah. And we all know that we know that the enemy's going to use these gifts and these talents that these young people have, but I'm telling you, God is expanding his kingdom and he wants to use the people in your community. And they're just one encounter away from stepping into a fully devoted, activated relate relational just experience with God. Taylor, I just want to thank you so much, man, because I not only for for joining tonight, but also just for what you guys are doing, because what you said, experiential, that's such a great word, because that's something that can't be explained away. You know, like you said, we have words that are encouraging us all the time and there's words that are coming against us all the time. But when you have that experience with Jesus, no one can explain that away. No Mm -hmm. one can take away that experience with God. And I wanted to ask you, because you've mentioned this a little bit, but you had talked about the, the gap between generations. There was times, you know, growing up in in church, the older generation, they were always looking down at our generation and, you know, Mm -hmm. felt like there was like division between the different generations, you know? And so how do we bridge that gap? How do we find the way to, to come together and work alongside each other in the, in the kingdom? Yeah. Well, number one, I, I think we have to, number one, eliminate, there was this constant argument among the disciples. And I think it's true in several different contexts where who's the greatest, you know, who is going to be the most outstanding or who's going to be the most successful or who's going to be the most, you know, spiritual or, you know, fruitious or whatever. And you see that. And Jesus constantly rebukes it. He flips it up on its head yeah, and he made it less about who is great and more about who you're serving and who you're loving on. And I think the biggest disconnect I believe in generations is number one. um, We don't love to celebrate things that we don't relate to. And um, if your heart isn't rooted in Thanksgiving, you're really going to be critical about a lot. And, And I can't say that 
from a place that I don't deal. I mean, I think uh, it, one thing in me, I, I can tend to be very critical of things. Um, it takes the renewed mind yeah. and the fruit of the spirit activated in your life to begin to, um, to not be so critical. And I think when you look at different moves and different generations of things, um, number one, I think nostalgia plays a huge big you know, part into it. Uh, believe it or not, as much as I say that, um, I've actually been so influenced by watching videos of old revivals that I didn't get to be a part yeah, of. Man. Um, and I'm more jealous than I am uh, critical that people are stuck in the past. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I wish I could go back to the past. I actually wish I could have been there. Um, but then on the other end of things, you know, I think it's so easy to, you know, desire the things we've experienced and been a part of because they've left such a big mark on us. So oftentimes because of the impression and the imprint that it is made on older generations, um, you know, when something comes and it looks different, we just don't really know what to do with that. Um, you know, I, I, my parents, it's funny if they could choose, they're going to go to the same restaurant the same three restaurants every time we go out to eat. Yeah. I don't know why, but they just love being in those environments because they love the food. They've had great experiences there. Um, and I think we have to celebrate the fact that this upcoming generation has a desire for new things, um, but they lack fathering and mothering that mm. comes from people who have been exposed to experiences we have not been. Yeah. And, and I actually had a conversation recently about this because we were talking about the move of what God was doing in the nineties. And um, of course I wasn't there. Okay. But it seemed as if what started in the nineties, there was about a 20 year gap from what God did in the ministry of the Holy spirit and and the manifestations um, to really where we're at in present day. We haven't seen quite the same revival that we saw uh, in the nineties in different pockets of places. And I'm not saying there's not been revival. Uh, maybe I'm more talking about here in the States, but what God did even in Toronto, we haven't seen something in that nature. And, and you have to begin to ask yourself, well, why is that? Yeah. And I was talking to a friend recently and they said to me, um, a lot of people didn't carry into the fathering and the mothering role that comes with experiencing revival. And so there was a generation of people who were never told what God did. And just like the children in the old Testament, they forgot about what God had done because the fathers and the mothers did not tell them about what God was capable of. Mm. But now here's the, 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 the hopeful part in that. They told me that my friend, they said, I believe that this next generation of millennials and Gen Zers are going to rediscover the works of God in a beautiful way. And we're not just going to be limited by what we didn't receive from former generations, but there's going to be a rediscovering and a reuniting together of the generations that share now the same common experience because we all drink of one spirit. We're all of oh, one man. baptism and one faith. There's yeah. no distinction there. The manifestation may be different or the, 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 the cultural relevancy of what was going on in those times are different. But I believe that if we can get to celebrate things, we don't understand for the sake of, of honor and love and respect. Um, I think it would be good. And then also too, I would love to see fathers and mothers, really um, see the value in covering young people. Yes, young people are flighty, um, but really I believe God is raising up people that have a heart, not for a platform, but a heart to tend just to nurture and love on people uh, of the younger generations coming up. I know that was kind of 
wide no, dude, range. That was that was so good. But I, and I have a question for you because I I just have a a feeling that there's maybe some people listening that feel like man, there was one time I was so on fire for God. I maybe experienced Him. I had that that encounter with Him, and then the life's distractions came, and all the different pressures of life came, and I feel like I don't have that anymore. If you could give them maybe one piece of advice to rekindle, start to get back into it because that was never lost. That same spirit's still living in them, but how can they get back into that position where they're experiencing him all the time? Well, I think what we have to realize when you look into different people in the past, because we have such great examples and the Bible says even, you know, there's yeah. a, a great cloud of witnesses. There's, there's been people that have gone before. Um, you kind of start to see that um, there was something that established people in a place that they expected God to move in the situation. And oftentimes that was developed in hard seasons and in hard times. And I would encourage you that your current hard time might actually be the development you need to be able to last and withstand every hard time that's fixing to come your way. And I think sometimes too desperation comes from a hard place, not so much on the mountaintops. I I don't know about you, but uh, yes, I think people rejoice when they get to the mountaintops, but there's not a big desperation. Um, There's not a big hunger because at that point, we're already on the top of the world. I just think we have to realize there's always more. Always. There is always more there. You know, I was sitting there thinking about it. Actually, today I was, I was doing some study along this line a little bit. You know, Jesus, when he said, I'm the bread of life, they were asking him about manna and they were talking about the manna from the old covenant. And if you read that story, the manna that came in the old covenant, you know, bread is designed, a food is designed to feed you every single day. Okay. We think this experience we have in Christ when we get born again is a one and done type of experience, but every single day, because what did Jesus say is often as you do this, talking about communion, what eating of the flesh which is the bread of life as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. He was saying that if you're wanting more of me, if you want to push into eternal life, this is an opportunity to stay full every single day. Yeah. You know what? We're never going to be hungry again because we've received Jesus, but that doesn't, I mean, we're never going to be hungry, but that doesn't mean we're full. Hmm. You see what I mean there? Just because we've taken and we've partook of something one time doesn't mean that we're full. We might've eaten in the past. We might've experienced things in the past. We might've had certain things go down, but guess what? Are you pushing in to stay full? Are you pushing in to, to stay filled up? And I think too, another thing is whatever you want, you have to create space for. So true. You know, it's funny to me. I, I, I've, you know, I, we got these uh, twins, right? My wife and I'm yeah. saying that because they're in the other room screaming. Um, we have these twins, right? Well, when we decided that we were going to have another kid, uh, number one, we didn't know we were going to have twins, but we had to begin preparing our house to support yeah. something new. And I did a message one time and it was, how bad do you really want it? Because the things you want, you will make room for. It's so funny to me how, you know, we really say, you know, we want these different things. Um, but you know what, unlike the woman with the issue of blood, we're not really, uh, the woman with the issue of blood, we're not actually pushing through the crowd to go out and get it. Yeah. It's there the whole time. And I think we don't realize what's actually around us right now. 
Uh, but we just got to increase our want to a little bit, our will yeah. a little bit. And we've got to push past religion. We have to push past secularism. We have to push past this godless age. And we have to see, you know what? The anointing is going. It, you know, what Oral Roberts say is that expect a miracle every day. There's either a miracle either going to you or past you every single day. Mm. We have to create space for encounter. That's why we're doing these word and spirit nights yeah. is to create space for encounter. When we do our word and spirit workshops, we are not just doing this to fill people with ideas. We, at the end of every time we have ministry time where we invite God to come because there's something about creating space for encounter. We, you know, we, we love, we love the idea of being, you know, faithfully devoted to our church and all these different things. Right. But what's interesting about encounter is I realized Jesus said to them, if you're Father, who is evil in nature here on the earth, desires to give good gifts to your children. How much more does your heavenly father want to give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? So we're not upping our ask. We're not really pushing into the more. We're not going to see the more. And I think that means we have to change our posture to I have not. We have to move our posture away from I've already received this to there's something I haven't received and I'm going to get it. Bless God, I'm going to get it. I heard this man's coming through and he's got healing power in his cloak. I'm going to reach through and touch the hem of his garment. When I do, I'm going to get well. There's an anointing that God wants to give you. There's, there's grace. There's things that he has for you, but you're going to have to get up and push your way through the crowd to get it. And uh, I, I think God can honor that. I think that's so true. And I think there's a, a point that you made too, that's man, I, I I've tasted and I've seen, but I'm not satisfied yet. There's still a little bit more. I've got to push a little bit harder. And it, there's a <laughs> there's a tendency to, to yeah. sit back and be like, man, I am complete in Christ. I've been accepted. I am loved by him. And it's so easy to sit back into that. And that is true. But there is grace for us to go forward. And God's always a God of offense. And I love that it says that whenever Jesus was establishing the church and he was talking to Peter, he said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against this, right? So that the gates in and of itself are a defensive position, right? They're always trying to keep somebody out. So that means that as a Christian, as a child of God, I'm on offense. What does that mean? I'm always going forward. I've always got the ball. I'm always looking to score. And so I've always got to be going into the position that I'm going to see it. I'm going to see more. It's not this, what I'm, where I'm at right now is not enough. Yeah. I'm, I'm so thankful for everything I know. I'm so thankful for everything I've received, but there's more out there. And so I'm going to push into it. And I love what you guys are doing because you are going back into looking at what the people that have come before us, these great examples, and they saw some amazing things that maybe some of us haven't seen, but we're pushing in to see what they've seen, but actually even go further than them. But before we can do that, we've got to have that heart and we've got to have that hunger. So, and just to kind of finish out tonight, I want to ask you, how can I develop that hunger? Like you said, you, we've got to have that want to, uh, you've got to have that, but somebody that's just in this place where I was like, I just don't have it right now. How can I develop it? How can I spark it again to get back to being hungry for those, for the more? Well, I think, um, there's two, there's a twofold answer to that. There's one that's very, very practical. And then there's one, um, number one, you need to surround yourself by it. Um, yes. And, you know, another thing, I know, I don't know if you know Bishop Dale Bronner, he said something recently, he said, you are what you are listening to. Um, there's a constant flow of 
uh, of this, this heart for revival, this really this um, curiosity for revival. It's out there. You just have to go and find it. And like the kingdom, it said uh, a man who saw a treasure hidden in a field for the joy yeah. over it. He sells everything he has and he goes and buys the whole field. Uh, so number one, you need to recognize wh- who has it. Like, I, you know, I don't know if you know, um, uh, you know, I don't mean you, we know people like Timo, different people like that, yeah. but I've been very fortunate back in high school. And, and this is a, a kind of a silly example. I used to ask God, God, give me some good friends. Yeah. Give me new friends around people that really were uh, bad, you know, influences on my life. And so I was like, Lord, you know, and you're in high school, right? You don't think much of these prayers. Lord, give me, you know, new friends. And, and he gave me new friends in high school. But what I didn't realize was the um, the hundredfold return was over the course of the last five, 15, you know, 10 years I've had some amazing friends. Wow. Yeah. God answered the prayer that I had in high school. And because my wife was like, man, you just have such good, great friends. Well, God will set you among people that have the same heart. That so true. And those friends will sharpen you. And when you find it, that's why, you know, me, me and Josh, you know, we both went to the same Bible school, but at the same time, we haven't connected, but guess what? We both knew we wanted the things of God in a very real way. And we weren't going to be just satisfied with, without having it. Yeah. Right. So we can talk now and realize we're both pushing for that. I need to invest into that relationship. I yeah. need to go out of my way to make sure I spend time devoting to that relationship because in that I'm telling you, there's going to be a harvest. So there's that. Uh, but you kind of nailed it a minute ago. I look at my life and the things that I have done as far as creating hunger. There has been, uh, I, I go and watch old videos of dad. Yeah. Hayden. Um, I go and I stew in these things because um, what God has done in the past, he's not withholding from us today, but yet we don't know how to work with him. And I, And when you look at that, a friend of mine told me one time, I look at that like I would game film. And I know that sounds, but like, you know, when I'm preparing for a game, I go and I watch the opponent and I start to see what did I do wrong or how did, how could I increase this or do better than this? And all of a sudden this heart begins to just be cultivated towards uh, pushing into the corporate anointing and the things of the spirit and, and desiring to see this. And as something I remembered, it was the, uh, the she pastors um, Ed Dufresne's church. Now she was talking yeah. about, if you want to see healing, you need to go and you need to listen to people minister along healing. You need to be stewing in healing. Well, if you want revival to break out in your church, you need to go around people that carry revival. I, I'll never forget. Um, so when I was a part of the, the church we worked at in Tulsa, there at the, uh, they had Rodney Howard Brown come through Tulsa. He had yeah. his own camp meeting there in Tulsa. And, and I could do a whole thing on the different, you know, streams of and revivals that God has you know, done from that time period in the nineties that Rodney was really instrumental in, Yeah, but he was coming. I didn't know anything about Rodney, um, but I had heard he's a very, very dynamic, very powerful minister. And I remember I was driving up to the building and I felt the tangible fear of the Lord on the way up to the building. And I didn't know what was coming, but I knew something was fixing to change. And I remember I drove up and instead of resisting that, instead of getting uncomfortable and shying back from it, I just went. And if you know Rodney, and uh, I can tell you a really funny story with Anthony Washington, because we went to a couple yeah. of those. <laughs> um, there are four hour services. Oh, yeah. And I go 
And it was almost like those four hour services were 20 minutes. I was so locked in and engaged in what God was doing. And the first three nights he called me up there to get prayer because I was so hungry. I would literally look him in the eyes because I wanted everything that, that God wanted to do. I was so passionate for, for a touch from God, not Rodney. It had nothing to do with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, we're just clay. We're just, we're, we're dust. That divine life is God. It is not yes. man. And so I wanted it so bad. And I looked him in because I knew everything that God was going to give me through that individual, I was going to take it. Yeah. I got called up there the first three nights. The power of God touched me all three nights. And from that moment on, we started to see the power of God float and touch people in our young adult ministry. Like when yeah. we're not, we're not, we're t- we started having Holy Ghost meetings, the joy of the Lord busting out, the power of God touching people. The, like you said, the electricity of, of, of God, you know, really people just beginning to encounter. And I, and I used to be like, man, where is this? And it came because of a, an encounter yeah. because I created space and I put, I leaned into it and I wanted it. And then from that moment on, when I'm around people that I know God is using and anointed, I pull on the anointing. Like the woman yes. with the blood reached out and pulled on his garment and made a demand on the anointing that was in Jesus. I believe God has given things to individuals and it's not mantles. I'm not talking about go get you yeah, the yeah, double yeah. portion mantle, whatever, or any of that. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is God has put people in this earth that carry that move of the spirit. And when you go and you grab a hold and you pull and you say, I'm going to get what God wants to do in my life. Then all of a sudden you're primed and ready. And then boom, God moves in and he touches you and you're never the same. I've had that happen in other meetings before Uh, tangible increases of the anointing being coming on my life through yielding and receiving what God wanted to do in these kind of environments. And so it's, it's about how bad do you really want it? Yeah. And I think that's the best way you can sum it up it's because so I'm telling you what, you're going to want it. You're going to go get it. You, you want to sit at home and watch football and talk about football with all your friends. That's great. You can do that. Bless God. I'm going to be over here doing this. You want to, you know, um, you want to just kind of bounce around from here to here, never really settle into a place. You know, that's fine. I want to go find what God's doing in a community. I want to, I want to see the wells in this area that I'm in right now. That's you know, cool. I want to, I want to see my pastor um, walk in the measure of what God has put on his life. I want to see, you know, it, I think you just got to, to really allow God's spirit to renew your mind a little bit, to realize there is more. And then to say, you know what, bless God, I'm gonna go get it. And, you know, one thing I, you know, within what you're saying, I even hear that there's this sense of we've got to have some honor, honor for not only the people in the, that have come before us, but whenever our pastor, if you're listening now and you're at your local church, man, if you honor your pastor, you'll be drawn upon him and you'll not be looking at him and be like, oh, this is another sermon. I've heard this one before. No, you'll be expecting yeah. there is a gift of God within my pastor. God has put him in this position and I'm going to receive something today and I'm going to get everything he's got for me today. Come on. And if I put myself in that <laughs> mentality, then I'm going to come, I'm going to be opening myself up to receive and then I'm going to be able to progress and I'm going to be able to advance. But I would also say this for people that are listening that are in a church, maybe they're frustrated. Maybe they, they aren't happy where they're at. Start praying for your pastor. 
start believing in your pastor and that's honor. You're saying, you know what? My pastor's gifted. My pastor's anointed. My pastor's got it. And he is so passionate about seeing revival in his church. And so whenever we start doing that, we actually start living it out and seeing it as well. But one thing that is also important, like you said, is having that community, having people around you that are passionate to go forward. And that's what you guys have done. And you're continuing to develop with word and spirit is you have a community of people that are saying, okay, we're not sad satisfied. We've got to go forward. There's more available to us. And God's got a purpose and a plan for this generation. And we're ready and we're willing to be the ones that he's going to do it through. And so I would encourage everybody, no matter what age you are, no matter what generation you come from, if you go follow them, word and spirit, I believe you're on Instagram. I don't know if you guys have a Facebook page or you just exclusively on it. Not totally. We haven't really pushed a lot on Facebook. More gotcha. We have one, but it's not really being pushed as hard. But Instagram, they are active on there daily, multiple posts, and you need to go on there. But you guys also have a Telegram group that everyone that's part of the Word and Spirit community, they're they're welcome to join and be a part of. But also you can go sign up for the zoom workshops. Maybe you don't want to dive into the community. You just want to dip your toes in. That's I think the ultimate way to start with them is to get involved with one of these zoom workshops, which you can go sign up at their website and give us the link one more time, Taylor. So people can find yeah, you. So it's, uh, word and spirit global.com. And, and you'll find out all the information on our ministry there and, and really what we're doing and, and the different ways to be a part. Man, so as an individual, go get involved with these workshops. As a pastor, I encourage you. You heard it. You, I, I don't have to sell Taylor at all. He has so much passion to see this generation and all generations come together and work towards going forward in God. And so I encourage you also go to their website, find out how you can maybe have some of these Word and Spirit nights. And it's going to be a tremendous value, not only to you as a pastor, because they're there to support you, but it's going to be amazing for your church congregation. Also, I would ask you personally to get involved with them as a partner. They are doing some amazing things. So I'm sure there's a way to partner, Taylor, on your website. Yeah, Yeah, uh, there's a partner tab for sure. Absolutely. And so we want to sow seed into people that are advancing the kingdom of God. And whenever we do that, we attach our destiny to what's going on and the movement that's happening. So I encourage you to do that as well. But Taylor, thank you so much for joining tonight. Man, it was a a powerful powerful, powerful time. And I can't say thank you enough. Thank you for having me seriously. And, and I love this space and I love what you guys are doing. And it, it's so connected with what we're doing. And I love hearing all the different things. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And tell Carissa, thank you for watching the twins and your other, do you have three daughters? Is that what you're at three, now? Yeah, Three daughters. So tell her, thank awesome you ladies. for doing that to let you be free tonight. But man, again, thank you so much. And, and we'll talk soon. Yeah, man. Thank you.